transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. Prepare to have your bones chilled and your hairs raised. It's the Whack Arnold's Brothers Podcast. Welcome home. Ooh. Ah. you know i gotta find like always i I always had like a good intro with coffee and contemplation like something solid i had like intro lines and like outro lines i just never i never figured it like once we started doing all these shows i was like "Mm, i I have still have yet to find a catchphrase but it doesn't matter these days one of these days we'll have it but for now for episode 47 oh shit yeah. Of the Whack Arnold's brothers. We'll just say hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Goddamn. Uh, <laughs> this movie, like the movie that we're talking about this week is like one that we've referenced. It's uh it's one that like if you're a horror fan, you probably have watched, you've probably heard about, you've uh you've probably experienced a conversation where somebody tells you it's their least favorite Halloween movie. But right. Halloween 3 season of the witch has some fucking merit. I will tell you this. You've been defending it like, oh, you know, man. like a motherfucker. I, and I agree with you, man. I, I have an infinite love for this movie for like a multitude of reasons. And yes, I know that it's like a loosely, you know, loosely a Halloween movie. And I've, I've said this before where I think that if it would have just been a movie that, uh, like had a different title, you know what I mean? It was released on its own. It maybe would have had a better shake, but I love this movie before, uh, the batshit crazy plot. Um, the incredible, uh, um, Tom Atkins, uh, killer androids, killer masks, uh, just the, the setting. It's yeah. There's just, it's got a little of everything that you want, you know? Totally. (laughs) Like, it's fucking, it's just fucking great. I, I love, you know, like we talk about the intro scenes on these movies quite a bit, but you know, like the, the opening credits scene on this is kind of cool. It's like, you know, very eighties computer graphics, like, you know, slowly assembling something. And, you know, as you get along, it just becomes like that, like digital pumpkin, you know, it just like, looks, it looks What's like, up? it's so cheesy it's that's like one of the only things uh that lets you know you're watching a halloween movie because you know the original had the pumpkin the other ones Mm -hmm. have like one one of the movies has like a shot of a pumpkin in reverse uh but besides like the two really quick clips in the movie of someone watching halloween like that's the only real connection you have that this is like a halloween movie um, cause I mentioned it before, cause like their plan was after the first two that they wanted to, uh, switch away from Michael Myers and have every movie be like, like a anthology essentially where it'd be a different story about Halloween. Yeah. Um, and it, w- it wasn't very successful due to, due to the fact that it didn't have Michael Myers. So that's why they went back, you know? So, but, yeah. uh. But I mean, with that in mind, like, and you watch this movie, like, it does, like, stand, it could, you're right, like, it could stand alone by itself, like, perfectly fine. Totally. You know? um, it, And that's kind of one of the things that's just, I don't know, it's like, 
it's you'd think it'd be a good thing to be attached to that franchise but it's mm-hmm. just super interesting to me how like you just said how it did kind of like work in reverse where it just sort of like the popularity of the character of michael myers and other things like really just kind of didn't give this movie its fair shot just because it was missing and the the, con- the connective thing of like the characters watching like clips of the halloween movie Mm-hmm. is like it's almost like a strange dynamic because you're like okay so did so did somebody like make a biopic of the things that happened on you know in halloween or something <laughs> like <laughs> otherwise like why does that movie exist in this universe <laughs> like that's actually interesting yeah uh so, so you know here is like a perfect we we have the you know halloween uh, or we can call it the MMCU, the Michael Myers Cinematic Universe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. But fuck, dude. I mean, this movie starts off in a pretty like intriguing place because it kind of picks up. You have that whole intro, in, intro cycle and then it picks up with this uh, fella. Like, and it says, you know, it's like what at this point it's like uh, eight days or something I like got to Halloween or whatever and yep. so it's like it's like shortly before Halloween and it's nighttime this fella just come kind of comes like stumbling out of the way he's like clearly running from something yeah like, it's uh it's Northern California Saturday the 23rd yeah Saturday the 23rd and so and that's something I always liked about like this movie and like the Halloween movies how they kind of like counted down to Halloween you know. Uh-huh. Like it gives you this sense of like, ooh, something's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, so like this guy gets like kind of, you know, he's being chased through uh, like a like a construction site. He goes through to like a junkyard. Like, yeah. like the, there's just these, like an unrelenting force chasing him. He eventually stumbles upon like, an, like a mechanic shop gas station or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like that's when you finally run into like another individual or oh, no 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 Does yeah you're right the, he runs into the gas attendant before 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 other things so no he no he, he first runs into uh he like hides in um this this like a uh, car lot and he and he like goes top a fence and he comes back from the way he came and he stumbles into this mysterious man in a suit and the man in a suit like uh attacks him and brings him to the ground but he ends up yanking like a uh there's like a chain nearby and he grabs his chain and it yanks like a block uh holding a car tire in place and this car rolls uh into another car just basically crushing uh this man that was attacking him um and and then he gets up and runs and then later he runs it's like i think it says like an hour it says one hour later and he he runs into um uh i forget the man's name that's walter is the man's name that he's he's only in the movie twice he's in the movie near the beginning and then in the end of the movie tom atkins character runs into him again but he stumbles in uh this character stumbles in mentioning um how they're coming he says that twice and he faints oh yeah that's right and then because uh walter ends up like calling the like authorities or whatever and they come pick end up like no, he takes he takes them he takes them to the uh, hospital. Okay, Walter takes them to the hospital. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's like it's interesting though because like like you said like the guy in the suit when he like goes he kind of like starts going at, like you know to attack the the individual. There's like no expression on the cat's face. Right. You know, like it's just like 
I don't know. It's just, it's just, he's just like there. I'm here to strangle you. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and, yeah, he does. Yeah, he is I kind love, of emotionless. Yeah, I loved when he gets crushed though, because there's like that shot of like the cars, and then it's like the dude like throws it, like the guy you know in the studio, like yeah, as he's getting crushed, he just sort of like throws his head up, like ah, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and his demise is made. But yeah, he's like oh. it's like somebody just like squeezed the air out of him or something you know it's like and then but then quickly after this you get introduced to tom atkins character yes yes who you know shows up at his uh ex-wife's house where his kids are and like is it his ex-wife is played uh, by Nancy Keys, who plays uh, Annie Brackett in the original Halloween. Um, oh, that's a good connection. So she has like a super short cameo in this movie as like the ex-wife, and you know he, yeah, he he comes to bring he he's bearing gifts, these Halloween masks. But we learn that his uh, gift is kind of too little, too late. Uh, it kind of establishes that you know he's maybe not the best, uh, you know, uh, parental figure is. And the kids yeah. are like, oh, mom already bought us one. And they pull out. It's the first sighting that we see of these ma- these uh, silver shamrock masks. Uh, one of them is a skull and one of them uh, is a witch. And these masks actually like are uh, went on to be iconic because not only are there real versions of them that are you can buy but there's also you know they've been they were been referenced in other horror movies they were most recently referenced in halloween kills uh so they kind of went on to have their own enduring like uh uh role in the horror uh community that's cool yeah like i you know i love to see legacy things like that as they like you know eventually like show up in other works it's it's fucking awesome but you also i believe this is like that same sequence when you see the those masks on the kids for the first time you also get like uh i think one of the first or earliest glimpses of or you know of the silver shamrock tune right which which is like it's amazing this thing it's like it's i hear it so many times eight days till halloween <laughs> like, eight more days till halloween halloween halloween, halloween, halloween. halloween. <laughs> i love it though like that used yeah. to be one of my favorite things about uh like when i was younger i'd always watch uh uh amc fear fest every oh, year yeah. oh, and yeah. they don't and like i just love the silver samrock theme and it's like this is one of those movies uh along with like troll 2 that i'd always show to people and be like you gotta watch this movie like you're gonna love it and yeah the silver yeah they do kind of overkill the silver shamrock theme because they it happens multiple more times in the movie <laughs> you know as we get closer to halloween but it's pretty the fact that it can like stick in your ear like that and remember it all these years later just shows like how uh catchy it actually was you know what i mean oh definitely definitely um and so you know and this and it, like like you, you were saying earlier you get you kind of get this picture painted of tom atkins character in this scene dr dan uh, chalice dr dan chalice and dr dan he like immediately gets a phone call like, <laughs> he's like, i've got to take this <laughs> yeah, yeah his, his beeper goes off oh, which yeah, you right. know it's a fucking spe- <laughs> speaks to how old this movie is he yeah. gets a beat yeah he gets, he gets fucking, he gets, his beeper goes off and he has to go use the phone. He, call, he gets called in and that's where you find out that he's, you know, he's like a doctor. And so every, mm-hmm. he, he, you know, ha, he go, shows up to the hospital at the drop of a dime. And there's this brief mention 
uh, from the ex-wife where she goes, oh yeah, drinking and doctoring. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets a call, uh, and we learn, you know, pretty shortly that the call is about uh, um, the character's name is Harry, the man that we saw uh, in the introduction. But yeah, she does make a like a snide remark about yeah. So it's. You know, and, and then later in the movie, obviously, when he leaves to go to set Amira, he's kind of like shirking his parental duties because, uh, you know what I mean? Because there's a, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more here in a second. But yeah, so he, he, uh, we learned that he's, he's got to go into the hospital and we actually go to the hospital. Um, and Harry's, uh, on a stretcher. Um, he's being moved into room 13. And while he's, He's like, they're like wheeling him through the hallways and it looks like he's asleep. Um, but while they're waiting in the hallway, we see a TV in the background come on and the silver shamrock jingle comes on again and it kind of wakes him up. And this is where he mentions to Dr. Dan and some of the nurses that uh, they're going to kill us, all of us, he says. And Dr. Chalice is like, give him some Thorazine stat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, sh just shut him up. Give him some 100 milligrams. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's, it, it, and, and this entire time, uh, you see the character, uh, you see his character, Harry, like he's in the, in the, you know, on the hospital bed and he's like clutching, uh, the like a, a pumpkin mask. Yes. Um, and, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's like there's somehow in, some sort of involvement with this mask. And, then, totally. you know, during all this sequence, you also find that like another suited individual seems to appear outside of the hospital with mm -hmm. obviously intent to go in. It's, right. And, um, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of ominous shot, which is which is pretty dope. But, you yeah, know, uh, it's like. It's it's like the, shortly after Doctor Dan kind of like takes care, get you know, administers the Thorazine to, to Harry. He's like, okay, I'm tired. I need to lay down. And he like he's just like, <laughs> yeah, he like hard work, you know. Yeah, you know, there's like some uh, like '80s like uh, back when you know it was like maybe, and I'm only joking when I say this when it was like. Uh, culturally okay to sexually harass your co-workers because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like the nurse he's with is like some like oh yeah there's like milk and cookies or something like that in the dot in the doctor's room or whatever which is empty and he's just like oh i should have married you and then like oh yeah like slaps her ass i yeah, think and she's tries like, to like yeah she makes she some like, she's yeah. like you better watch out i play for keeps <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so he after Dr. Dan, you know, sexually uh, harasses his coworker, yeah. he goes in and starts to take lay down on the couch and at the same time we see uh like we don't see the guy's face quite yet. You get shots of like his suit. You can tell there's a suited man um walking through the hospital. He eventually puts on uh some leather gloves. Um he finds Harry's room. He goes in, and it looks like like he 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 starts by balling up his fist, and it looks like he's just gonna like pound Harry's face in. But then he ends up uh, kind of digging his eyes, his fingers into his eyes, and it looks yeah. like he's gonna rip his eyes out. But he uses it's kind of shown that this guy has some incredible strength because he basically just snaps Harry's face from like the nose up. Yeah, it's pretty it's, brutal. 
it's fucking gnarly dude like and you're right like it's like it's it's you're you're almost like disarmed in the moment because you're like okay he's just gonna like i don't know he's gonna like pummel the dude or something and then like that happens it's just something it's like a move you just don't expect mm-hmm. it's, you know it's it's like a, a a sinister like mandible claw or something you know yeah <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, of course, re- wrestling reference. Yeah, it's got to be sprinkled in. Well, I'm actually, you know. I, I actually have a random fact. I actually have a, a WWF Judgment Day 1998 pay per view on in the background right now. Oh fuck yeah, so. dude! <laughs> fuck but, yeah, dude! But Ooh, yeah, so he, juicy. he, 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 uh, um, severely disfigures uh, Harry's face, killing him in the process. Um, it shows him wipe the blood on a nearby like curtain. Um, and then the nurse from earlier comes in and is like, what are you doing in here? And the man just doesn't say a word, just walks by her. And that's when she notices, uh, you know, what just happened screams, the scream alerts, Dr. Chalice waking him up from his nap. Um, he kind of runs after and follows the guy outside and the guy does something that you wouldn't expect at all. Dude, like I like legitimately like so, it's it's. I mean, this movie just like kicks off if you think about mm-hmm. it because like all the things and then the, and then you follow that you follow the the assailant out, you know, into the car. Dan, Doctor Dan's chasing out the out the front door and you find the assailant like in a car dousing himself in like gas or something and then just yeah. lighting himself on fire, blowing up the fucking car. <laughs> and like of course, the car had to blow. fucking explode. Yeah. Like literally, no! Oh my god, it's incredible! It's incredible. It was like it was just so unexpected. You're just like, oh fuck! (laughs) Right at the first time you see it, it is rather fucking shocking. You're like, holy shit! And it's not until you know you've seen the movie before and you realize later, you know, uh, what is going on with these suited men that it makes kind of a little more sense. But at the time, you're like, holy shit! Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? This, but yeah, uh, the the car explosion is just—it's oh, so always good. amazing. The, yeah, it's always like I—you know—we've—it's something I always—I'm always like, I'm not gonna be mad about it, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, but the, you know, so the, this kind of bleeds right into like another <laughs> scene where, oh yeah, it's like it's a scene where uh, Doctor Dan's like. You know, there's like some uh, like a firefighter, some policemen walking around. Obviously, they're like all investigating, you know, and cleaning. <laughs> yeah. Dan's on the phone with his ex-wife explaining that he can't come home and get the kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, okay, we'll spend all day Saturday or something. Doctor Dan just doesn't make time for other people. No. Like. And he gets it. He gets an earful for it, and right, he, rightfully he so. Yeah. And then uh, because he's getting an earful, you, you can tell he's like, he's sort of like, all right, uh, yeah, well, I gotta go. <laughs> right somebody else needs it he Uh, also he also sees that uh in one of the um police officers hands one of the police officers has that uh pumpkin silver shamrock mask and then it jumps to uh the next thing it's uh the next day it's sunday the 24th um we get introduced to uh one of the main characters of the movie uh, her name's Ellie Grimbridge, and it's the gentleman that died. It's her daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, she comes she comes in to identify his body. She's in shock, and I love it. She's asking what happened, and the cop that answers her is like, "Well, drugs, probably." 
<laughs> like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, her, like this, I, I think it's her response or somebody's is sort of just like, I don't think that's just drugs. Like, right. you know, it's like, yeah. Like what the fuck? Dude? Like, it's just funny. Cause it's like, that's what like a lot of, oh like, unfortunately, God, yeah. like in a lot of situations in life, like that's what they're going to jump to. Like a, the person must've been high. You know what I mean? Like, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, it happens today all the time. Like somebody's, uh on like a street corner yelling about something somebody's most likely instead of jumping to anything else they go well i bet that person's fucking high or something you know, right just like honestly they're probably just having a mental health issue you know what does you yeah exactly you know and we're just like yeah anyway so you know this like like you said she you know ellie kind of uh confirms that it's her father mm-hmm. and you know you see dan in the meantime he's kind of like he doesn't he drop off like a bunch she's like drops off a bunch of stuff with another doctor to have her check right right and then he and then he walks by and sees ellie crying but at Mm -hmm. this at this point he just kind of walks by um and leaves her v yeah he's not really like and like they haven't he's letting her yeah he's letting her mourn you know what i mean Pretty much, um, and, and then that it takes jumped. you right into Friday the 29th, right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> close, close. Uh, your math would have been correct, but it's Wednesday the 27th we go to, and uh, Chalice goes to the coroner's office. Um, he's talking to Teddy, some a female that it, it doesn't really explain, like may, you know, maybe they dated in the past or whatever. If, if their relationship is mainly professional, but he's basically asking her, uh, like what, um, they know about, uh, you know, the situation with, um, the car, you know, the man burning himself in the car and she, uh, Oh, sorry. They're talking, actually talking about, you know, his autopsy. And she's like, you know, can't really tell much, but she does mention how, um, like it must have taken someone with immense strength to do that and she also uh, tells him that she'll see what she can do about uh the situation and then it goes to friday the 29th yeah well and it's interesting they're back and forth because like you said like she kind of alludes to the fact like like dr dan says something like oh yeah well, he looked like a businessman and she was like well he would have had to be a strong businessman that's right <laughs> that's like, right it's just like <laughs> It was just like sort of funny, like even amongst like this, I don't know, this crazy incident happened where this dude like rips this other dude's face in or whatever <laughs> and like blows himself up in a car. And like instead of any other thing, they're just still thinking like, well, he might have just been like a, some sort of businessman of sorts. Mm-hmm. Like like there's like a respectable tone that they apply to the situation almost. And you're just like, well, the dude sounds like a fucking anyway. Totally <laughs> a fuck, but. Yeah, it, it's it's weird, and like they're, you know, this, like this lady, this uh, assistant, or you know, whatever comes back into play. That's right, because she does mention she's later. just an assistant. That's right. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. And but th- then, yeah, you're right. Like it does. That's when it drops into the 29th, and mm-hmm. you find Doctor Dan just hanging out at a bar. Yeah. Uh, you know, watching some, like having a drink, having a smoke, just watching watching the tube that's playing uh until like and he's like he seems kind of into it until and this is this is where you get the first uh halloween movie shout out because he asked the dude to change it and then he changes the channel to like a 
end trailer or something for yeah. like, Halloween playing. And it's like it's like it's it's clearly the movie because it's it's got like a shot of Michael Myers. And, yeah. You know, yep. then it it goes right from that into like another, you know, uh silver shamrock jingle. Yeah, because it was like a commercial for uh um the Halloween horathon, you know, watch the Halloween horathon followed by the big giveaway. Yeah. And that's when you get the two more days till Halloween. <laughs> Halloween, Halloween. And in enters uh, Ellie uh-huh. into this into this scene. And this is when they really have like a like a first interaction that we see. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Ellie mentions that like you know she saw Dan, Dan at the fun at her father's funeral. And stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of strange. Like if you think about it, like the doctor barely knew the guy. Why is he showing up to that funeral? Like, <laughs> good, yeah, that's a good question. He's just like this one. This one really hit hit close. So maybe it was, it was probably the car explosion. Honestly, yeah. Uh, he also <laughs> kind of has this thing where she asks, like, uh, "Did my father say anything?" And rather than saying like, "Yeah, your dad was spewing a bunch of craziness," he just says something like, uh, "Yeah, he said that he loves you very much." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's just, it doesn't sound authentic. <laughs> but this, like, they, you know, they have this back and forth that eventually leads uh, her to bringing Dr. Dan back to like her father's uh, store or whatever. Right. Like, where it's. Yeah. He does also mention, um, I guess I, I was wrong because he does mention how the. the <coughs> He says something to the effect. Excuse me, sorry. He says how the situation was weird to an hour. Her dad came in talking about they're going to kill us all. And then an hour later, he's dead and he doesn't know what's going on. So it's all weird to him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it would be a bit suspicious. Yeah. Uh, And then like, yeah, so, you know, they they seem to be kind of like getting a little more investigative into this thing because they go back to his shop and they see you know uh ellie kind of busts out like a scat his planner or whatever and like shows that yeah you know all these different dates april 18th he was here or october 18th he was here october 19th he was here you know october 20 something he went to go pick up another shipment you know and it, yeah and that's the lot you know he disappeared somewhere or he you know, something happened. She she mentioned something happened in between him going to Santa Mira to pick up these masks. Um, so, and you see that he does se- he is selling like the silver shamrock masks in the store. So, totally, totally. Yeah. So then, the, then it then uh you know we see uh, Doctor Chalice on a um, payphone once again. Unfortunately shirking his uh parental duties and how he basically tells her you know well he makes up an excuse he says he tells her that he has like a doctor's conference that he has to go to or some yeah, shit some fucking bullshit. <laughs> and then when he gets off the phone with her he hangs up the phone and this, during the conversation you there's a pack of beer sitting on sitting yeah. like, like right by him and he just hangs up the phone and like gleefully like grabs the pack of beer and like hops on over to the car like, <laughs> like, you know it's like yeah he's like oh <laughs> I'll, I'll take him next weekend or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. This dude's just trying to get it in. He's just, so, you know, you have another shot of two more days till Halloween. You get another yeah. jingle right after that shot. And then kind of a, you know, quasi like, 
you know, they're driving to Santa Maria or whatever. And Santa Mira, Santa Mira. And, um, yeah, it's just like a couple, like a handful of shots of them driving like, Oh yeah, 10 minutes here, 30 minutes here, whatever we're going to, you know, like, yeah, well, then, but then when they arrive there, it's like it's like immediately kind of strange. Like, yeah, well, because before they arrive there, he he's mentioning how, you know, uh, he's kind of telling her some of the backstory of Santa Mira about how uh, it was a dairy town, but after World War II, a uh, wealthy Irishman by the name of uh, Connell Cochran converted the town into the toy factory. Um, how it's a proud community, predominantly Irish. But yeah, they, you know, as he as they pull up they kind of paint this town as weird like all the people and their businesses are staring out the window we get a shot of like an alleyway and one of the um like guys wearing uh suits is standing in the alleyway so and oh yeah and chalice and she mentions something she's like uh, it's like we're in a fishbowl or something and chalice goes company town He has some great lines in yeah, this movie. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's like it, it's it is kind of strange because you know, like I feel like I've watched enough horror movies to know that if you roll into a town and everybody like that's just staring at you through their windows and stuff, stopping what they're doing in the middle of like stocking grocery shelves and to like <laughs> stare at this car, like they're probably gonna turn on you at some point i feel like right. there's something sinister going on and you know yeah. this kind of continues because you also see like a cc little like you know that's right camera yeah that start like you know that follows them also so clearly somebody else is watching as well totally um, yeah, which we this, learn more about later but yeah yeah and you get, you so they, get your first kind of glimpse of like the the outside at least of the silver shamrock uh, yeah factory in this shot too so yeah, because they they pull up and uh, Ellie mentions, you know, maybe they need a plan. And Chalice is like, well, hey, let's go talk to the uh, gas station attendant, say, you know, and, and let's get a room and kind of, uh, you know, um, yeah, take our of, time. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's try not to stand out. Let's try and. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, it, it is kind of, I mean, what a convenient stop. That gas station is right next to the motel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the the, the same propi- proprietor owns both yeah and uh it's like so you know as they go to kind of you know like you're saying this sort of check into the hotel uh dan leaves ellie to sort of like you know distract the owner for a bit while he like runs in and like you know signs the books and he also checks to see if there's anybody else's names on you know any name that he recognizes on the books and uh, th- this is also you kind of get this shot of like you know you don't see who's in the car but a car kind of slowly drives yeah. by the scene mm-hmm. you know because yeah uh, he's he sees that harry's name is on the ledger he signs it too and then yeah while while uh ellie and um i fuck i forget the name of the uh hotel proprietor um unfortunately but yeah there's and he they he mentions oh uh he way the car rolls by. He's like, uh, um, "Oh, there's Cochran now." And he's like, "He's a great man, Colonel Cochran, a true genius." Yeah. So you can tell. <laughs> a true genius. <laughs> yeah, they they have a love for their Mister Cochran in this town. That's for fucking totally. Sure. Uh, but the, you know that, like, as Dan's uh, walking back up from the office, that's when you see 
oh i can't remember the name of the fucking family but like this family rolls in on an rv and like <laughs> you know this great moment where you see this like bike fly and almost hit you know tom yeah. atkins the character uh, dan as he's walking and you like yeah we we meet we meet the uh cupfer family they just rolled in in their winnebago we got uh buddy cupfer uh his wife betty and their son uh young buddy and yeah it's funny because the bike flies off almost hits him the kid hops on the bike to ride away and, and the mom's like don't go in the street and it shows this clip of the kid just flipping her off as he's riding away it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> kid's a rebel damn it uh, and we also get uh we don't learn her name yet but we also get briefly introduced to another character dan almost gets like hit by another car yeah. pulling in and this lady uh pulls up and complains about she's like damn factory got their orders all screwed up uh and then chalice goes into the so yeah we, we meet buddy and his family really quick we meet her we don't know her name yet he goes into the room and he has one of the great lines in the movie where he's like this place is a zoo <laughs> it's a goddamn zoo it's it's so it, you know it, and then you know after like a lot of that commotion they go into the ellie and dan go into their room and they they mm -hmm. just like immediately it gets like weird between them like the it's vibe ridiculous is just, yeah it's just tense and, and uh you know like it's it's like a i don't know i feel like it's a played out thing where it's like you know dan's off like standing a little ways away from ellie and he goes yeah yeah if, uh, be uh less uncomfortable or whatever like i can leave and then like that immediately turns to him just like slowly approaching her and kissing yeah because because she because he's like i can sleep in the car or whatever and she's like well where do you want to sleep yeah that's right. <laughs> where do you want to sleep <laughs> and he's oh like he's <laughs> he's like uh <laughs> he goes that's a dumb question miss grimbridge and then just walks up and fucking starts macking on her yeah dude oh my god dude these two like and that's what i mean where it's like between like like shots like that and like you know the shot of him like gleefully grabbing that beer and like hopping in the car you're just like i feel like he's, this dude's just trying to have a weekend <laughs> yeah he's he, he's kind of a schmuck uh, he kind of is, but, but i love it yeah and then but, it's you know we kind of talked about how the town was weird um and it's kind of established further because uh, next thing we know we hear this bell go off and then um there apparently must just be like a speaker system around the whole entire town yeah. because we hear this woman it's like a, this message comes on uh, at six o'clock curfew curfew you know please close the street uh you know confine your activities to your own home like what the a six o'clock curfew what the yeah, fuck that's fucking <laughs> whack man that's whack <clears throat> well yeah and it's like exactly it, it it just it just makes you again you're just like okay well something's going on here what the fuck is that about like totally yeah especially because also like the only i feel like the only like kid you've seen so like so far in this town they show shots of like other adults but you yeah. really saw that one kid who like rode yeah. off on the bike, you know? Yeah, who's there out of, out of town, you know what I mean? You don't see any kids living in the town, which, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, so like it kind of takes it to, you know, like a like nighttime at the town. And, and it has this like shot of like like the viewpoint from like one of the, you know, the, the security cameras or whatever for a bit. And you also see like, you know, Dan, he's he's 
out, you know, maybe looking around. He's having like he clearly has a a drink. He has like a bottle and he's brown bagging it. I guess we'll is what they say. Real quick before you continue, here's one thing that always irritated, but irritated me about this movie is earlier when they did the whole six o'clock it's curfew. It was light out, and then now it's dark, and he's leaving the store with the booze. Well, if they had a curfew that shut the town down at six. How the fuck did he buy the booze like two hours later? That's what I kept thinking. I was like, this, I was like, this dude just like found the one place that just refuses to go down. I the guess or something like, but he also like runs into, I don't know. I can't like uh, this random character on the street who like their interaction. So strange at first because you know, he gets he, like, they kind of bump into each other. And then the, the this, this fella like asked Dan, he says like he see, he sees that he's drinking some liquor or something. He's just like, I ain't got no diseases, friend. Like, can I, you know, have, like have a drink of that? And it's just like, yeah. And then Dan hands him the fucking bottle. I gotta say, if somebody came up to you and said, I don't have any diseases, let me drink out of that. That would make me more suspicious. I was like, yeah, mm, yeah. Doctor Dan's not playing it safe here. Hey, <laughs> he's just you know he's just being nice to the town folk. You know, yeah, he's just trying to get it. <laughs> but he does get an interesting story out of the fella. Yeah, he find, yeah. He finds out that Cochran hired like a bunch of people from outside the town. Yeah. To work at his factory, and this guy was super salted because he didn't get the, like a job at the at the factory, and he was so he was like, you know, like basically like rocks off to you, fucking Cochran. Like, yeah, he even he even says that he's like, hey, Cochran, fuck you. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. He does. <laughs> then he mentioned he goes like, if you're listening, I got. One thing to say, this is the last Halloween for that lousy factory of his. Dude, and, then, and then he and then he mentions about how there's some pretty wild shit uh going on in there. So yeah, he kind of paints this picture that there's, you know, something weird going on, you know. Yeah. Well, and then you kind of keep following him for Yeah, and it's amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, because he like yeah, you know, he goes back to his his spot Where- and he uh, che- a cheese, a cheese whiz sandwich is. Yeah, like- that's what it was. He was like, I, he was like squirting some whiz into like a piece of bread or something. And then um, you know he um, like bumps into not one but two suited men. Yes, and oh, one man. of them, one of them is played by uh, Dick Warlock, who uh, played Michael Myers in uh, Halloween Two. So what? That's fucking but yeah, rad. I love this fucking scene. It's it's epic. I mean, you want to take this one? Yeah. So, like you mentioned, he goes back to wherever he's been sleeping, and he kind of gets surprised by uh, one of the men with a flashlight, and he's backing up, and he backs into a second one, and he kind of starts mumbling about how uh, you know I didn't mean it. You know what he had just said about how he's gonna. Oh, he also mentioned to Dan about how. He's going to get a case of Molotov cocktails and burn the factory to the ground. So he gets. Yeah, he was. And so he's like, you know, I I, I was just joking. And once again, these these uh, these suited figures don't say a word, kind of look emotionless. One of them just like brings him to his knees and the other one very. uh, And once again, this would take some extreme fucking strength, but just literally rips his fucking head off. Yeah, and it is glorious. It's what I'm. I lo- it's glorious. It's such an awesome shot. Like it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, dude. Like, I kept thinking, like, yeah, just like how much strain that would put. Like, 
just to separate because it looks like you know it like he grabs him and just it's not like he just pops the dude's head off like he like the guy like pulls like mm-hmm. oh God, and we also just, get we so also good. get a uh, a, ve- a very nice blood spurt up yeah. after happens. So like, it's an awesome shot. Yeah, but it's, it's very clear. It's it's very clear, you know, by uh, the behavior of these men. You know how strong they are. Their emotions. They don't speak. Like there's something weird about them. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's something. There's definitely something off about them. They're not mm-hmm. your ordinary goons, right? Uh, but you know um so after the, i mean like right after that awesome scene you kind of pick back up uh with ellie who's walking back from somewhere with you know to her room and that's when you get reintroduced to this the lady who almost hit uh, yeah dan earlier yeah you know, marge of, marge gutman is her name yeah and she's you know there waiting for her order she kind of is like you know, asking, you know, if they're, if El and Dan are waiting for their order, like an order from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just kind of com- complaining about the place, you know, you just can't fucking win with this place and all this shit. And right. So, you know, but even like, she's carrying a mask on her and even, you know, but she seems to have, uh, it's like weird. Like each mask has like a, a silver shamrock tag, like a medallion on it. Yeah. And she's like taken. I don't know if it was like intentional or not, but she like took her medallion, well, like not she me- on the mask or something like she, that. She because she mentions how um, how whoever made that mask uh, must have uh, you know must have did a shoddy job because her kid um, the pin fell off when her kid was playing with it is what she mentions. Um, yeah. So they kind of yeah, well, and, and it's interesting because like you know like they kind of just have like a fairly brief exchange and and then you like you know just kind of following marge into like her room real quick you see like another shot of the medallion as she like puts it on like the table and like a side table and accidentally knocks it off and you see the back side of it it looks like it has something like a microchip kind of on it yeah yeah, exactly but we don't oh we don't like see you know we follow up with her because there's some shots of uh, Ellie goes in and, and uh, um, takes a shower. Uh, and then uh, it, it follows up with Marge a little bit as she's settling down to read a book. Um, then we get this scene where Chalice calls Teddy uh, asking for an update. And she mentions uh, how they did an autopsy, but somebody messed up the envelopes and she was accidentally uh, checking parts from the car. Um yeah, she's like, there's just like metallic stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he tells her, you know, he'll check back in. And tomorrow, heads back into his room. Ellie surprises him with lingerie. Um, <laughs> they start getting frisky. We get a partial tit shot. Uh, they're then shown cuddling. Um, we get the commercial comes on the radio this time instead of the TV. Um, and so basically, they long story short, they get they start to get frisky again. She mentions she's not tired. <laughs> and uh, and then he does something weird where he like asks how old she is and she's like oh my god right <laughs> like that was so strange like, it was like they clearly just bone dude like it's like the second go around i need to verify the age yeah <laughs> she's like i'm older than i look it's yeah it was it was weird yeah. 
oh my god and you know you meant you mentioned that the jingle comes on the radio and they even like have this moment where you know dance is like oh never stops and like you know turn, <laughs> turns it. like, it's just so funny but yeah that that whole like that whole the, the age thing was such a random moment. it's like, so I felt like, out of nowhere i felt like that line had to have gone in this like bef- in the scene previous you know that's where it really should have been <laughs> like but, no shit know, but like you do follow up uh after that because clearly they're getting their freak on again yes Um, yes. you follow up with marge and this is fucking awesome it's yes it is you know marge notices the medallion on the ground she picks it up and you know just sort of sitting on the bed starts like looking at the back side like this like weird microchip looking thing and you know (laughs) i feel like everybody would be interested in it you know i'd be like what the fuck is that so you know true and like picking at it and like you know eventually takes like a bobby pin out and starts finagling with it and (laughs) then there's just like you know i don't know beam of laser light or something like yeah just just like like goes straight in like like it hits her like straight in the mouth or whatever and just like you know like center back you know a little bit in the bed and there's you know a shot of of dan and ellie like they're boning like what was that you know, don't worry about it. And then, like, you come back to Marge, <laughs> and yeah. Marge's face is oh, so oh, oh. fucked up. It dude. is fucking gruesome, dude. It is. I dude, was. Oh. I was blown away by that makeup. Like, or like how oh, this movie faced a lot of criticism for not being as like gory or bloody as the rest. But this scene alone, I think, makes up for that. Because it used to, tra- like, I wouldn't say it traumatized me as a kid, but it always stuck with me as a kid how fucked up, mutilated, and disfigured her fucking faces. Because there's, yeah. like, pieces that are, like, peeled up, and you get, oh, it's, like, I can't, you can't oh even describe God. how yeah. amazing it is. It's it's just so gnarly. And, and like, yeah, like, like you said, like, her mouth just looks like it, it was, like, exploded, like, in some places, like, torn in some places, like, yeah, like, the top lip looks like it's been ripped upward like almost to her nose uh-huh. like yeah and like and then like this like little bug i can't i couldn't figure out what the bug was but i couldn't this, either like, insect like comes crawling out of her fucking mouth and you're just dude, like what the fuck dude <laughs> like that scene has has uh stuck with me for a long fucking time yeah. it is incredible yeah and uh and so you know like that 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 happens and then you kind of pick back up it's it gotta be a little bit later not much later than right that. and and you know dan gets in the and ellie get woken up uh dan kind of like goes to investigate what's going on outside the motel room and he sees a bunch of dudes in white lab coats taking mm-hmm. uh a body covered on a gurney like out of marge's room and uh they, you know they, they like put her in a car and they're taking her away and and dan's like you know i'm a doctor like dude, like let me help and they refuse his help yeah they just ignore you, him yeah, yeah. and th- and that that's when you get like your like you you get your first like in-person colonel or i want to keep calling him colonel colonel cochran yeah colonel cochran <laughs> what uh, <laughs> appearances <laughs> yeah. i love the mix up though because i forget uh 
when you I'd always Colonel so Colonel Cochran is a character in Child's Play Three. Yeah. He's like he's the guy that runs the, the military kid camp the military camp and gets dies from a heart attack from seeing Chucky. So there's yeah, he's Colonel Cochran, but this is Connell Cochran. I know I not <laughs> but yeah, you he Cochran kind of rolls up and mentions how uh she'll get the best care money can buy. Um Oh, that's right. The, the 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 guy's name that runs the motel is Rafferty, because he uh, he uh, and then he tells uh, Chalice and Nelly, you know, it's all over. Uh, it was just a small accident. She'll get the very best possible treatment. Um, he goes to uh, leave and talks to some of the uh, men in white suits, but he's not being very quiet. And uh, he asks them what happened, and one of the guys got, says misfire. And Ch- Chalice happens to uh, overhear this. Um, and, you know, they go back to the room and rightfully so. He's like, what the hell were they t- were they talking about, you know? Yeah, um, like misfire. What the fuck? And that's uh, and they, they also talk about potentially uh, just like leaving right then. But Ellie says she doesn't want to leave until she knows uh, why her father went to the factory. Yeah um yeah when like you see them rolling back over to the factory and stuff and that was like what was funny was like when cochran mentions like like she'll get the best care uh he also mentioned something about like the facilities they have and you're like you run a toy factory what fucking facilities (laughs) do you have in there yeah it's it is kind of weird like i would have some uh, more questions but then you Then you follow up, um, so you know, kind of like you see the scene of like, you know, well, Ellie that, kind of falls, goes to sleep on the bed, and like Tom, or, yeah, you know, Dan's like falls asleep in the chair, and you know, kind of, you know, the day kind of moves on, but the, then it kind of jumps. now it's now it's Saturday the thirtieth, yeah. yeah, and Dan follows up with a phone call to uh, what's her name, Teddy, Teddy. Um, and teddy like informs him you know again it's it's like the 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 stuff that she's been going through it's like what she says she's just like it's like this it's the problem is what i don't have or something you know yeah there's no like evidence of like bones or anything right right just like she part she <laughs> she thinks it may have been tampered with uh and that there's nothing there to indicate uh there was ever a body at all just ashes and car parts um he then asks her to figure out everything she can about uh connell cochran um and then he hangs up the phone and and the uh, it has this great shot where we notice that the phone that he's using unbeknownst to him was wired you know what i mean so they're bugging the town um and you know this kind of leads them to going to like the shamrock like Silver, office, yeah. Silver Shamrock office, and the toy factory, yeah. and uh, yeah, and they're you know trying to follow up on uh, her father's well, order, right? Like, right, right. They act like they're there to uh, to pick up the order, um, and uh, she talks. Someone comes up and mentions that you know her father picked it up and that he was headed out north. Um, you know they're not very satisfied with what they heard, so they go to leave. But as they're leaving. Uh, we're reintroduced to the Cupfer family who are there to see Cochran. Cochran comes out and mentions how uh, greets Buddy and, and tells like everyone in that room how he's the highest seller of masks this year. Uh, 
and then tries to like make nice uh like it's like you know he, he obviously yeah. it, it's not ex- it doesn't say yeah but he knows who they are and he knows that they're not who they say they are but he's like oh you know to make up for your lost order i'm gonna uh i'm gonna give you a new one uh all paid by me you know what i mean yeah so, yeah he's like really trying to just like he's, he's trying to look good he's not you know right but yeah, they, I don't know. There's just something sinister about him in general. Yeah, he, he does. I, I forget uh, the name of the. Uh, I, oh, the name of the actor is um, Dan O'Hurley, and he just does an amazing job in this role. Yeah, in my opinion. And then um, do, doesn't don't they end up getting invited to go like on a mass a tour of the factory? Yeah, Buddy like uh, kind of uh, basically like invites them. You know, he asks if they can go along and. Cochran obliges. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some cool, like, uh, you know, in, in the factory when they're like walking around, there's some cool shots of like them making some masks and stuff. Totally. You know, like in with the mold and like pulling them fresh out of the molds. And I don't yeah. know. I mean, I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> like, yeah. It kind of, sh- you know, it kind of reminded me of uh, when I was growing up, uh, you know, and I, uh, like many children, watched um, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I remember. One of my favorite things is every episode, there'd be like a little segment where it would show you how something was made. Like one was like at the crayon factory. One was like how tired, like just all these different things and how they were made. And so it was cool to get this like little short scene where, yeah, it shows like them pouring and molding masks. We also see all these other novelty toys and buddy uh, explaining to uh, Dan about how Cochran is the all-time genius of the of the practical joke he invented sticky toilet paper the <laughs> the dead dwarf gag the soft chainsaw um it's really yeah <laughs> the dead dwarf guy the yeah, soft what the chainsaw <laughs> and sticky toilet paper what's the de- i know i've you know this i can obviously picture a soft chainsaw and uh sticky paper but what's what the fuck is the dead dwarf gag that was that was the one i was like i, I have no idea what that is but, oh my god i but love yeah, how like, like th- this movie just retcons like history where this guy just came up with all these stupid gag toys that you remember yeah. as a kid you know well, the world has a, <laughs> owes a great debt to, to Colonel Cochran, you know? Like, <laughs> remember those, remember those, like, uh, oh my God, I, uh, never mind, but yeah, that's hilarious. The world owes the great debt. <laughs> like, I mean, this guy was just like cheesing over the dude. He's like, no you shit. Like, you don't know who this man is. Like, yeah. You know, he's got like, a heart on for him, yeah, apparently. He does. But, uh, you know, and then, you know, um, they, they at one point like they give uh what's his name his, his name little buddy, buddy. Or, little yeah. buddy like uh cochran gives little buddy like a pumpkin mask you know yeah because um, he puts it on himself and everything and like yeah he, he he asks for a mask and he's and cochran's like oh you know we can't give you that one it hasn't gone through final processing yet um and cochran you know uh um uh um buddy's like you know i'm your uh i'm your top salesman like why can't you tell me uh what final processing in is cochran's cochran just basically kind of says you know it's a, a little bit of this little that uh you know the usual and then he goes on to further state that um that uh it contains volatile chemicals and that he doesn't want uh them to be uh you know around that so that's his way of explaining yeah, you know, like, it's it's very clear that there's something sinister going on 
into final processing, which we obviously learn about later. Yeah. Um, well, and, and you know, there's this, there's, there's another like really quick line somewhere in here. It's like, uh, it's like Buddy's wife and L and the, like Ellie and they're talking about something right after you know like they kind of get denied looking at the final processing and it was just sort of funny like the lady was like he's one of the richest men in the country and he did it all <laughs> off of selling cheap gags oh yeah <laughs> or she's like there's hope for us yet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he so <laughs> so good it's random so oh. so cochran cochran uh you know to, uh, invites buddy and his family to for breakfast tomorrow morning and then we see chalice looking around and he kind of notices uh all these like it, show, it, sh it shows him too it shows all these men in suits like in different positions of like ones on top of the roof yeah there's just like these men in suits standing around everywhere and he goes up to ellie uh and tells her about how these men look strangely familiar and that they look like the man who killed her father and then as they're getting ready to leave Ellie sees this glimpse of a car like this. You see this like bay door open and a man in a forklift drive out. Now he sees this glimpse of a car that's like slightly covered up. Um, and she, she notices that it's her dad's car. Yeah. Um, and she, she runs to check it out and she gets stopped uh, by the men in suits. And Cochran has this great line where he looks at Buddy and goes, trade secrets sinister as fuck man he's just like right down there yeah trade secrets eh like yeah it's just yeah there's there's a lot of those goons though around that plant man like they're oh yeah like because yeah they're just like everywhere and, and and there also appeared to be like not only the ones in suits but there was also like just some workers near totally. the car that were just like also kind of just standing there all still and so yeah you know it just yeah so it continues weird. it continues to paint the picture that something weird is something very peculiar and unnatural you know is going on it's not a normal it's not a normal uh factory i guess you could say no, no so they no. leave they leave and go back to the room um and uh you know ellie mentions that she's scared and wants to leave uh he so he tells ellie to pack and that he's going to go call, call the police and that this i love the line he's like this place must fall under someone's jurisdiction <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's kind of true though like for like like supposedly they just witnessed like a really bad accident like you know the night before there was no authorities there just fucking cochran true. and his like toy factory true. employees you know? right like, like yeah. stuff like that so, anyway but it but is he, weird yeah and he you know goes as far as like trying to call an emergency in and because he goes to the office just, to use the phone yeah he goes to the office to use the phone and like you said um yeah just gets like the operator just denies it you know just being mm -hmm. like oh can't make uh the call is dialed and whatnot and this mm -hmm. like you know leads him to just going back to their to you know his his and ellie's room where he discovers that ellie's no longer there right and there's a like a string of fucking suited yeah, there's like outside yeah. his fucking room. Yeah, there, there's like five of them. And, you yeah. know, they start like marching toward his room. He uh, escapes through the bathroom window as they like bust into his room. Yeah, they, um, they, they like bust the door down, like, like yeah, he, it right off the hinges. He runs off and kind of like uh, jumps down in the grass by this fence and hides. We see uh, a car pull up into the silver shamrock factory and some of those suited men uh 
carrying Ellie. So we know that we it's confirmed that she's captured. Um, Chalice tries to use the payphone, and once again, he gets the operator too. So who knows that maybe it's since it's past curfew, the phones aren't working, or if they just <laughs> if if Chalice no, I mean not Chalice, but Cochran, you know, is onto them, and that's why he's not able to use the phone. Yeah. Uh... But, you know, being uh, Tom Atkins, he you know takes matters into his own hands. And, and Dr. Dan, <laughs> he, he like ends up like, uh, you know, he ends up like when he's on the phone booth, he like kind of ducks down and hides because, you know, another car is nearby. And he eventually gets to like the outside of uh, the Shamrock, the Silver Shamrock building and cl- finds a way to climb in. Yeah, he finds like a, a cracked window and climbs yeah. in. And... Like it's kind of cool as he's going through, you know, you see like, you know, various masks just kind of on some shelves and whatnot, and you know, other like random toys littered around. But uh, yeah, you know, like as he's walking, there's like a you know a moment where very clearly like a camera sees him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it's like you know, it's like zooming around to see to, you know, make it look. And he's just I don't know. It's, it he's just ducking and hiding, but. uh that's when he stumbles upon what appears to be like a lady knitting an old lady yeah knitting that's great and he like goes up and you know like goes up to her where's like, the girl shaking her, where's the Where girl she? like and like the fucking head just like pops right off of this lady and uh yeah. that's when you see this like you know like not only the head popping off but you see the shot of like some gears and stuff like moving yeah. underneath uh like so it's like clearly like an animatronic something or other totally like i mean that would be enough to spook me in this fucking environment but to go even further he gets fucking attacked right after this right like yes he he does like there's this great shot of him just getting kind of like he i I can't remember if he like like runs into the person or he backs up into somebody but like he gets like thrown into this other room and there's this like cool shot where it's just him getting thrown into this like room with a conveyor belt and stuff yeah and you know one of the suited goons is just kind of you know obviously going at him and at first kind of gets the better of him but but you know dan chalice ain't going down without a fight he fucking ends up on top he's like i don't know like he's like punching the the dude in the stomach and just like his hand just after enough time just goes through the stomach yeah in this like kind of grody slimy way like he, he pulls his hand back out and it's like covered and he pulls some wiring out with it too but he, his hand's like covered in like this weird yellow goo yeah <laughs> and, and like as he's like ripping his hand into the stomachs like the liquid comes out of the person's mouth too and this is where you learn that this isn't a human being it's a it's an android you know what i mean yeah dude it's and a we we learn android <laughs> and we learn later that cochran you know has has you know how earlier in the movie, the uh, I think his name was Stryker, the uh, homeless man that gets killed. Where he mentioned how uh, Cochran brought in all these people from from the outside. Well, you know, we learn here that you know he probably he built, he created most of these people that uh, have been at this factory. It's it's awesome. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's like it's honestly like in in the context of this whole movie, it's such a fucking cool twist to throw in there. And then Cochran comes up. And uh, has like the head of the uh, of the old lady, uh, like mechanical uh, robot he had made, and he mentions like how it was made in Munich in like the 1700s or something, like kind of Dude, alluding right. to how long he's been alive, possibly. 
and that's how. I, dude, that's why I thought too. I was like, they never establish it, but I was like, right. holy shit, dude, has this guy been like alive for two hundred fucking years at least, or something? And where it also like maybe he started by making those robotic, you know, things that weren't actually human, but then getting so good at doing it that it got progressed to the point now where, because he even mentions a line later about how realistic, you know, the androids are that he has created. Yeah, um, dude. But yeah, he, uh, uh, after, because uh, because like I said, he, or like you mentioned, he dispatches. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> he, he dispatches the android. And then Cochran and like two more pull up and kind of, um, you know, confront him. Uh, he asks where Ellie is and Cochran tells him that she's resting. And then he kind of this like sinister way. He mentions how it's it's going to be morning soon. Uh, Halloween morning and how the chalice being a medical man, he should find it quite interesting. Uh, and then he gets carried off. And that's when we get to the titular day of the movie. As now it's Sunday the 31st. It's Halloween. Yeah. And, you know, so Cochran is, you know, like you said, he's taking Dan away to go kind of, uh, you know, what, what you'd expect. Maybe it's like he's going to show him his operation probably because he's going to kill Dan. You know, that's what, you know. 100%. And so he's just like, whatever, I'm going to show you everything. But there's this great scene where they're in an elevator with one other of the, like the android goons. Mm-hmm. And, they, and like they're talking about them. And he says... You know, Cochran's like, they're loyal and obedient. And then the android goon like sneezes. And mm-hmm. he's like, very, you know, he mentions how, like, how convincing they are. And I was like, damn, dude, like, yeah, like somehow you've like created these androids, you programmed them to do things like sneeze and stuff to seem human. Like, that's fucking slick, man. Like, it is, it is. But, you know, so he takes him down. He takes like, you know, Cochran leads Dan down into final processing. Yeah, yeah. final processing where you find <laughs> a, a number of things. There's like a lot of shit going on. People, there's dudes in lab coats working on stuff. You find the, the most interesting thing, uh, a chunk oh! of Stonehenge, which we forgot to mention. I'm literally yes, up we until did. now. Yeah, we did forget to mention because so, like at yeah. the very beginning when, when before – Harry runs into Walter at like the gas station he's working at. Walter's watching TV and on the TV, there's like this news broadcast about how they have no idea how it happened, but uh, a stone from Stonehenge went missing. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. Yeah, like a multi-ton stone from Stonehenge somehow just went missing and it's like a big head scratcher across the globe. Turns out it's in the fucking Silver Shamrock final processing room. Yeah, it's like a weird room where there's like, there's these men that are chipping away at it. There's also all these like TVs that are set up right next to each other and all these expensive looking computer boards. Uh, but I love how Cochran's like, oh, we had a time getting it here, mentioning the uh, the piece of Stonehenge. Because like, how, how the fuck? You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I'm saying about how like batshit wild this movie is. Because like, <laughs> like it goes how from- did they... Yeah. It goes from android goons in one scene to like boom magical stonehenge rock right in the next you know like. <laughs> but yeah we still don't know why the stonehenge rock is there quite yeah. yet we're he getting there like, he like alludes but. to in this scene he like cochran alludes to like at least the belief that it has some sort of properties you know mm-hmm. he's like 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 part of what some of the the guys in lab coats are doing are like 
you know how like like breaking down parts of the rock and he, he says like even a small particle holds you know some sort of power that's right or whatever and and it's like but you don't know like you're like what the fuck power are you talking like, what are you talking about? right because <laughs> that's what one thing too is it's like we learn here in a second that they're putting in every in every mask uh in the medallion there's a piece of the stonehenge but it's like yeah like what I, you know what I mean? It's just kind of weird. But we, we do learn later that, you know, he's kind of like a warlock or a, or has some, yeah. like, uh, witch, witch, witchcraft powers. Well, because even uh, in this scene, he makes a joke. And it, at first, like, it didn't land until, like, I finished the movie again. But he was like, a magician never tells his secrets, you know? That's right. Yeah. So I guess it doesn't. That's I guess that's the good thing, though, about horror is that it doesn't need to necessarily explain everything. Oh, no. no, it's but, it can um, be fantastical. Uh, totally. But this leads you to kind of but, being reintroduced but, to the, the family, right? Because Cochran, Cochran also does say something weird about uh, an ancient an ancient sacrificial circle. Um, yeah. So yeah, but he so he shows he show uh, he shows Chalice that Ellie is in a room strapped to a bed, and that he also shows that Miss Gutman is there that he's dead, like he presumed. Um, and then this is where he's like he tells Chalice. That he needs to, he needs him to see a demonstration, and then yes, we're reintroduced yeah. to the Cupfer family who are there uh, because Buddy thinks um, he's there to uh, uh, give his opinions on some commercials, and they're kind of led to this. Like, if it was me and my family, I would be like, "This is kind of weird," because they just get led to this like nondescript room, uh, like in the middle of this facility. Um, and it, yeah, it's just like it's set yeah. up like a living room, and uh, you know, there's yeah, they obviously must have not seen the. It's like it all feels so fake, and but like it would be so it would it would be so uncomfortable. I feel like because yeah. like it's labeled like testing room A, and you just walk test in room like, A, yeah, and it's like a fake living room. The wife's even making fun of it at one point because she's like, she's like pointing to the fake fruit on the table and stuff, yeah. But but so you know, like and, the, and what happens in this scene's crazy, because Buddy Buddy also has an interesting thing here where he uh, mentions to Betty how uh, it's weird that they're not taking his orders for next year, and Betty makes this funny joke, which after you watch the movie, it's actually kind of uh, you know it's like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Propathetic, where she's like, maybe they're not going to have Halloween next year. <laughs> oh shit! And then okay, so like you said he's there kind of under the preface to of maybe like checking out some new uh commercials once the tv gets turned on in the room mm-hmm. uh you know buddy makes a comment that it's like the same old commercial because it's like the, yeah you know, the the silver shamrock jingle but then it kind of starts changing his kid puts on that sweet pumpkin mask that he just got and he's like right in front of the tv watching but then the oh, tv man. Like transitions from the silver shamrock thing to just like that flashing image of the pumpkin on screen. Yeah. And like, oh my God, dude, what happened to the so kid here is so great, wild. Dude. It's so brutal. This is another scene that like fucked with me as a kid because it's one thing to kill an adult in the movie, but to kill a kid and kill him this fucked up because yeah. it's amazing. You want to like, take it? Yeah. So like, it's just, it's just awesome because like the, you know, he, like I said, he puts the pumpkin mask on and like after enough time like this the pumpkin mask starts looking like it's getting fucked up like it's melting or something yeah yeah. and then the kid like falls to the ground and the pumpkin mask continues to kind of look like it's like melting more and more and then all of a sudden oh like like a like a fucking 
like i don't even know like swarm like, yeah a swarm of fucking bugs like the same insect that came out of marge's mouth earlier come like out of the mask where the kid's mouth would be basically and then like fucking snakes start like like appearing and coming out of the face his face and cockroaches stuff. And, yeah oh my god it's gnarly and then and then like it's, the snakes the, go on the, to like bite at like but you know big buddy and like all this stuff yeah because the demise of that kid like it literally looks like his fucking like his head like like a, like if you leave a pumpkin out for too long after halloween like you know like it slowly decomposes it looked like it just did that you know well because yeah i guess we see you know you, you see earlier with the marge thing where it's like this beam came out so it's almost like his head probably got completely fucking like blown up or melted kind of like her face did and yeah but it's like all these different bugs there's like cockroaches there's like little beetles like you mentioned uh like because betty faints but a fucking rattlesnake comes out and that's what ends up killing killing uh big buddy but man it's just a fucked up scene dude it is it is fucking gnarly oh man but uh, And, and, and chalice just has to watch it all in shock it's great yeah it it's 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 fucking it's just fucking crazy and so like you, you know like you think about and what's great is like the like the you know it does this scene and then it transitions you into like oh it's amazing from like around the the states you know it goes to new york and it shows kids wearing the mask it goes to la and it shows kids wearing the mask it even shouts out washington state with seattle, seattle yeah and you know there's like a van in that one there's a van a silver shamrock van that's like going around the neighborhood being like telling all the kids to hurry up and get home so they don't miss the big giveaway it's and, so especially after watching that last scene, it's so ominous and dark like yeah dude oh my god it's it, it works that, so well well you know what i mean it does it does oh i loved it and then we kind of and so you know it's it's i love i love that fucking scene where like like you said it flashes from all these towns and you kind of you're like damn dude all these unsuspecting kids are about to get brutally fucking murdered yeah like a mass murder um we see chalice is now uh um Oh, oh, yeah. And one of the other fucked up things is, is like it's show it's panning through all these different towns. It also shows Chalice's kids. Oh, yeah, and they're right. and they're perched in front of a TV with the masks on too, just waiting for this giveaway. Yeah, um, and exactly. This is like and because you know, yeah, you're just like all these kids are gonna fucking die. Um, and then we, then we before we kind of see what happens with all that though, we follow back up with Teddy. Um, she's shown trying to reach uh, the motel um her call can't complete can't be completed as dialed uh she calls someone named roger to investigate what she's looking at um and then she gets her demise and although it doesn't show it on camera it, it just it it's a, a yeah. you know implied like you know her br- death was brutal because you see this masked man that you see one of those like uh suited men come in he grabs a fucking power drill um uh, and just drills her through the fucking head and it's like yeah. shown at an angle where you don't see it happening to her but you know it's happening to her and it's yeah. gnarly enough yeah exactly like they uh, like what i oh could you like i don't want to go out by a drill to the head <laughs> that'd be hell terrible. no that'd be fucking terrible um but yeah like it's and this you know so like it kind of like you said like after that if you like she meets her demise you kind of pick back up with chalice who's now like strapped into a chair and it's 7 30 p.m now and the big giveaways at nine fyi and and uh 
Cochran's in the same room and he's like he's given he's, he's like explaining to him you know so, like sort of a, a bit of what he's doing here you know he, he mentions like old like uh Sa- the, yeah. well, like was like old Celtic fucking magic or something like that yeah, yeah at he, one ta- point. he talks about the festival of Samhain you know yeah. how uh how Halloween was like uh where the barriers are down between the real and unreal but he also like further es- establishes like how fucked up he is where he talks about how uh, how he loves a joke and how this is the best joke ever, a joke on the children. Right. Like, what a sinister, sick piece of shit. Yeah, like, you're talking about mass murdering a bunch of kids, and this dude's just like, it's a joke. It's but it's like, it It also, it also uh, where I mentioned earlier, where it's like alluded to, but you're not sure, because he mentions about uh, how the last great uh, festival took place 3,000 years ago today. And the hills ran red with blood of animals and children. So you're like, fucking Christ. But like yeah. you said, he, he mentioned sacrifice. No, sorry. It just makes you think like, like again, like how old is this individual? Totally. Totally. Like, because like, like they've sprinkled that in there now a couple of times and you're just like, fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. But before Cochran leaves the room, he does a couple of things here. Yeah. Right. He one he throws he puts uh one of the silver shamrock skull masks on on dr dan who looks really funny with it on and yeah <laughs> and then he turns on uh you know what they where the giveaway is going to be but like you know it's it's playing halloween at the moment right which is fucking dope so that's like the second time the second like random shout out you kind of get to the the yes. franchise but yes but yeah, it's like yeah. seven fifty nine or something like that, and he's seven forty nine. Yeah, seven forty nine, and you know they're gearing up. Like it shows, like you know some of the, I don't know the tech like technicians or whatever the fuck they are, you know like uh, prepping some stuff. They're clearly like Cochran's monitoring the town still. Like totally, you know it's it it's just sort of like everything's on course here, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, it doesn't give you like, it's, it's interesting. Cause it just doesn't give you like, I don't know. You're just, you just, you're just waiting to see what happens at this point in the movie. It's and, crazy. Yeah. And, and it, and it, and it's, yeah. And so, you know, we talked about how, uh, how strong, um, the, uh, the androids were, but, uh, in this next scene, Chalice kind of shows some of his strength too. Cause he, he, he wheels himself over to the TV and even in a strapped in like compromised situation in one swift kick he breaks the fucking tv I know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> nobody can challenge tom atkins true string <laughs> and then i love it so you know they 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 kidnap him or whatever but but they decide to not search him because we see that he has like a fucking pocket knife and just like as quickly as he was put into these restraints <laughs> just like cuts himself out and then in one of the greatest most hilarious shots in the movie that's like reminiscent of like something that would have happened in like a, a like an austin powers movie he, he takes the mask and like perfectly flings it up under the camera it's fucking amazing <laughs> he, he, he might as well shouted kobe when he did it you know what i mean like, <laughs> but, like, but like yeah he like covers the camera and he like pries like a vent like opening yeah. open and like 
you know, starts crawling through the air duct to get to get mm. to escape. It's such a fucking great moment. It's amazing. And then you know, and then it is sort of like you know, kind of escape chase ensues a little bit where he's like running through the factory trying to figure out his way around. You know, yeah, not necessarily out of there. He's looking for Ellie, I imagine. At this yeah, point. well, because because at first, you know, he he he. Uh, we see that, you know, they've obviously uh, figured out that he has escaped. Uh, so they're watching him. He tries to use a phone to call. I love it. He calls Linda, his, his ex-wife, tells her to get rid of the masks and about uh, about Buddy. And she thinks that he's drunk and jealous and just fucking tells him to go to hell and hangs up on him. Yeah, so, like, yeah I, love, I just love that. His the one, There's just a moment and he's just like. I'm not drunk. <laughs> the one time he's actually like trying to be a good dad and save his kids from an awful, awful, awful death. She's like, you know, but yeah. rightfully so. I mean, yeah. if anyone would have gotten that call, they would have thought the yeah. guy was drunk. And but it's, it's, it's Dr. just funny. Doctor Dan Cry- crying wolf again. But like you said, he he was looking for Ellie, and he comes across, refines her. Uh, they and eventually sneak back into the room with the piece of Stonehenge and all the computers. And he um, he sees like uh, one of the medallions from the box, and obviously uh, like hatches this plan. And then he finds a whole big box of them. He tells Ellie to wait there, and um, he uh, he sneaks up into the rafters and ends up like uh, dumping down. Oh no! So first he activates the com- the commercial to start playing. Um, then he climbs up in the surpri- ra- which is a surprising move. You're like, what? What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> well, the the most surprising thing to me is how does he know which buttons to press on this computer system <laughs> to play? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, he, he's a doctor. He's a goddamn genius. He's That's goddamn- exactly. Yeah, it's, don't 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 question Tom Atkins. Don't question Doctor Dan. <laughs> but yeah, he, he he pops the commercial on. He goes up into the rafters and dumps this box of. Uh, of uh the medallions which ends up like um you know uh, it 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 causes the uh, medallions to activate it kills all the different people around it also like looks like it uh like um like makes the uh air like powers down the androids because they just like fall um and then we get this awesome it's it's a cool shot like honestly because because there's like all this like fake you know a like electric lighting or magic like lighting that's happening like as soon as like a medallion comes you know it's like hitting some people like it just it takes them out you know it's mm-hmm. yeah, i don't know it's kind of cool like yeah and then we get this cool shot of like uh um this bl- ring of blue light uh forms like all these t- just shows the top shot of all the tvs that were kind of in a circle and this blue line starts to form through all of the tvs um Cochran kind of looks up to acknowledge Chalice and claps his hands, you know, kind of like you've won, essentially. Yeah. Uh, that a blue light from the TVs and a blue light from uh, the Stonehenge Rock kind of uh, converge on Cochran and he just disappears. It's like, holy shit. Yeah, dude. Well, and like, and like he disappears in this way where it's like, like he gets zapped and like it converges on him and it looks like it doesn't like blow him up or anything it just like looks like it just like like it dissipates him. It just dissipates yeah, yeah exactly and that like again kind of reminded me of like maybe he's just maybe like you know as like a almost like immortal-esque being like maybe it's just like his you know fucking spirits now fucking dissipated totally whatever, you know possibly like, it physical is form was like irre- irrelevant otherwise it would have blown up but anyway so it, it was it, 
and you know to note like the you know the blue light that you're talking about like it shows this shot there's a reference of like the circle of death or whatever oh earlier, yeah yeah it shows a exactly. shot of, like you know a bunch of the techs like dead in a circle like surrounded by the computers it was all kind that of that are in a circle perfect, yeah honestly it is cool and it's also like it looks like you know the factory's caught fire because it's obviously 80s effects but you can see like the sky's red so it's like it looks like the factory's going to be burnt like burning down um so chalice and ellie drive off and uh as they're driving you know ellie's being kind of quiet uh and then we get a good little shock that you the first time you see it you don't see it coming at all but ellie starts attacking chalice while he's driving it causes the car to uh lose control uh they crash into they crash into a tree um you know, Chalice gets out to walk around to the other side. You see one of her one of her arms is hanging from the door, and you see wires coming out of it. And you're like, "Oh shit!" Right? Like it 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 just blows your fucking mind at this point. Like you, do, you don't, I don't expect know. it. Yeah, like amongst everything going on, and then like that twist. Totally. Just, like what the fuck? And and her and her despise is pretty good. Or her despise, her demise is pretty good too, actually. Yeah. Well, like, because like in that in that scene, it's like it's he basically like I mean she he finds like the rest of her body, right? Like it's yeah, because like, she she jumps out and attacks him uh, again. He bashes her head so hard with a tire iron that it like that's right. He uses a tire iron. Uh, it, it, it hangs on and it, it, it's like barely hanging on by some of the wires and then we get a great where he, he gets in the car and then the android arm like starts choking him uh and then he fights it free and tosses it away um then he checks his watch and notices how dire the situation is now because as if you know uh outsmarting cochran uh destroying him in his factory and then you know, uh, uh, escaping out of Cochran's, you know, uh, backup plan of uh, the fake Ellie. Not only did he just fucking survive all that and a car crash, but he checks his watch and notices he has about 10 fucking minutes left until nine o'clock. Yeah. And uh, th- that's when, you know, he ends up like zooming off to. And he basically that's where he runs into the, the attendant from earlier, Walter, right? Walter, yeah. And he uses Walter's phone. He's like, yo, he's trying to get everybody to stop fucking watching it. It's, it's interesting because he's while he's on the phone trying to warn, uh, like these kids come in in the gear. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. pick up yeah. candy from Walter, and he's just like, you know, in the background. I could, you know, you just it's just you know, uh, Dan. He's just like, you know, I can't prove it. Like you just gotta believe me. You know, like. I mean, can you I imagine love... trying to explain the shit? Yeah. Exactly. No one would believe you. And that's what I love. I, this ending is so effective to me. And it's something else that has stood with me because it it, it leaves you on a cliffhanger rather than establishing like, because you see him calling and he gets this. He, the, there's a kid, like you mentioned there, that's turning the channels because he gets it to turn off on one station. The kid turns the channel. It turns off on the second station. The kid turns the channel again. And Chalice is trying to get this third station to get off. And the movie just ends ends on this fucking epic cliffhanger of chalice just screaming turn you know turn it off turn it off turn it off and you have no idea what the, what the outcome is going to be because yeah. that's just how the movie ends and i just always loved that the movie actually ended that way it, instead it, of 
You know what I mean? Yeah, it took su- it takes such balls to end a movie like that. Uh-huh. And, and it 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 pays off so well because oh my god, dude, the just the uncertainty of knowing whether you know you know because like the buildup like you're saying like he's just like screaming into the phone like turn it off stop it like you know and like and then you just have like the screen with the flashing pumpkin you know yeah and it's just oh my god it's unnerving and then you're yeah you just oh it's excellent dude i love it such a good fucking ending it is I can't. I gotta say this, man. I regret ever talking shit about this movie. <laughs> like, re- legitimately. Like, it's, you know, I think I just had to reframe it how, like, in my mind, where it's like, it's not meant to be a Michael Myers movie. Totally. It's, it's totally. meant to be a fucking awesome horror movie. Uh-huh. Like, and that's exactly 100%. what it accomplishes. You know, oh, yeah. It's, it's glorious. I, I was, yeah. This, it's, it's, you know, like, you have some really cool design pieces like the masks are awesome i love totally. the android like the android aspect like you know you have a great tom atkins performance the fucking <laughs> like the the cliffhanger ending as well as like the twist of like you know ellie being an android like it totally this movie has a lot to fucking offer <laughs> and it's like a fast go like you know what i mean like it, it's it establishes you know the premise and then it once it picks up it goes pretty quick yeah and uh the last you know the last 15 minutes are fucking amazing um there's some there's not that many deaths but the deaths that are in it are uh yeah. pretty fucking gruesome they and stick pretty with awesome. you man. yeah they do marge is gonna stick with me that's oh, for, for sure that's why I, it's it's stuck with me my whole life since the first time i saw this movie yeah and uh it's oh man yeah Oof. well i'm glad that you were able to uh come out with a, a new uh appreciation <laughs> yeah man well i pre- i appreciate i appreciate that you know I, I, I think, like, like I said, I think I, it was just great having you reframe like what it was like, you know, the, the purpose of this movie, the intent of this movie, you know, totally. Me. But, oh man. Yeah. I, I mean, I, on a scale, like I would give this movie, like, honestly, I'd probably give this movie at least seven random insects that coming out of Marge's blown up mouth <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh my God. Um, I give it, uh, I give it nine and a half. Um, uh, I give it nine and a half. Uh, God damn it. What's the, what's he say? Um, uh, one second. Give me just a second. Um, uh, oh man. Yeah, this... I got to find the piece. Uh, I just thought like, Oh, I got it. I got it. I, I give it nine and a half uh, dead dwarf gags out of oh, ten. Because no. <laughs> what the fuck is that? That that perhaps is the greatest question that comes out of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, not is Cochrane an immortal, almost immortal being that's been around for a thousand of years, but what not, is the... Yeah, yeah not that his, did his plan work at the end. It's... Oh, yeah. It's a dead dwarf gag. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Well, hot dogs, corn dogs, whatever the fuck you may be. This is a movie I really think you need to take our advice and, like, reframe it in your mind and watch it and enjoy it. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. You know, it is such a good, such a good time. Um, 
Yeah, and you know, like that being said, we're gonna keep having them. We got another episode. We got another movie picked out for next week. We're creeping yeah. up on number fifty. You know, that's a that's gonna be a special special. Damn chef's right. Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Dude, yeah. neither can I. Uh, but in the meantime, everybody, as always, thank you for listening. You guys are fucking awesome. Uh, yes. And you know, Fitz, I love you, man. Thank you for love you too. for helping me like re. Uh, re-enjoy this movie you know like uh, anytime I, I, like i've said before you're you're kind of my horror uh encyclo my my encyclopedia of horror friend you know like everybody's got to have a friend who's n- like a bigger nerd than them about something and so right uh, yeah. i really just appreciate appreciate that you did that uh, well thank you, know. you that means a lot I, yeah <laughs> all right well hey we'll catch you on the next one yes we will see Good you soon <laughs>